We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perhatch, joined by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher, and a special guest. We have Sarah Spain joining us to uh, talk about the Bears today. Uh, Sarah, first of all, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How's everybody else doing? Great. I'm doing this in the middle of work, uh, so I'm I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be awesome, and I know we've been looking forward to it for mm-hmm. a little bit now. So. Yeah, I'm sitting in my office. There's a do not disturb on my uh, door, so we're going to yeah get this going pretty quick. Um, work productive, productivity is at an all-time high in Wisconsin today. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Sarah, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about a little bit, just because I was looking up your biography on everything you do, and you've got your show on ESPN Radio, uh, you have your podcast on ESPN, you're a writer for ESPNW, you're a panelist on Around the Horn, Highly Questionable, and a Sports Center reporter, so when the hell do you sleep? Ah. <laughs> uh. In the morning, when everyone else is waking up and being productive, is that when I get my best? <laughs> when I get my best sleep, I don't finish my radio show till like eight p.m. So I go to bed at like one. And wake up around nine. So I get my good eight hours in. It's just that none of my stuff is usually in the morning, so I can sleep in a little bit and work a little later. Very cool. Um, so what we've got right now to start everything off, we're just going to do some rapid fire questions so everybody can get to know you a little bit more. Uh, cool. First, first one up is what uh, show are you currently binging right now? 
I have several. So the new Queer Eye is out, and that is like my happy place, and it just is the best way to cleanse after a day of diving deep into the social media garbage bins. Um, and then I went back to restart Gilmore Girls from episode one, which I have not watched since like when it was out years and years ago. And I never watched Parks and Rec the first time around. I got oh. into like a couple episodes, and then I got I can't remember why because I love like everything Mike Shore and everything Amy Poehler, but I got pulled away and never got into it. So. I'm like, I think midway through season three now of Parks and Rec. So depending on the mood I'm in, I'm also rewatching all of Community, uh, which is our <laughs> oh, yeah. with, but uh, that's like with my husband. So we have to be, you know, hanging out at the same time. And I, I try not to move forward on those episodes without him. So yeah, it just depends on the mood. And you can tell they're all mindless and happy because that's the space that I'm in right now. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> the world is awful and all that I do for work is, is fairly sad but 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 useful and so and if it's my free time and I'm binging then I do not watch anything with like shootings or deaths or sadness just straight happy stuff. <laughs> gotcha. Well, when you're when you are binging or if you're watching any movies or shows, um, like you said, you have been. What's your go-to snack when you're doing all that? Oh, um. I try not to snack too much, so the thing that I would say I snack on most often would be chocolate because it's the only thing that there's no replacement for. Like, everything else, if you have a craving, you're like, oh, this is close enough, but there's nothing that you can have instead of chocolate. I try sometimes with, like, a with like a low-fat Swiss Miss hot chocolate. That sometimes Ooh. does the trick, but usually you just got to go for the real thing. So uh, this, I guess this kind of goes off of that, and maybe you have an answer, maybe you don't. Uh, what If you've got, we're, we're very Oreo heavy here, uh, <laughs> what is the best kind of Oreo? You get to pick one, maybe you get a 1A, 1B, but what's the best Oreo? I do not eat enough Oreos to have a 1A and 1B. I only eat Oreos once a year. Well, that's not true. If there's a chocolate-covered Oreo at, like, a chocolate shop and I spot it, then that's number one choice. But other than that, I don't eat Oreos except for at my Christmas party every year. I get the extra thin mint filled that yeah. tastes like okay. a thin mint but even better. Those are the only Oreos I've ever, like, like purchased in a, in, a, in a container. And every year that's when the house gets overflowed with the <laughs> mint Oreos. And then I have to put the, the kibosh back on it before things get out of control. That's fair. That's fair. So just so you are aware, they do now sell fudge-covered Oreos in the store. What? Yeah, yeah. see, I bet they're amazing. But then <laughs> this is so lame because I turned into my mom. When I was growing up, my mom used to say, it's not worth eating chocolate unless it's good. That's not anything like what my mom sounds like, by the way. But that's the voice that I put in my head when she would give me lectures. And I was like, that's not true. All chocolate is delicious. And as I've gotten older, I do think that most, like, random chocolate is, like, kind of chalky tasting mm -hmm. and pretty crappy. So I prefer, like, the real, like, chocolate shop covered Oreo to, like, whatever the fake business probably sure. is in the... But I, you know, I shouldn't speak until I try it. And now I probably need to because I'm a journalist, and I, exactly. I, I want to make sure I can back up my opinions and takes with facts. Uh, what would be your dream vacation? Right now, it's the Galapagos. Oh, nice. I was supposed to go to Africa again this fall, and I don't think that's going to happen. And I was supposed to go to Vancouver for the first time, and that got canceled. So there's other things on the list, but, like, the dream right now is the Galapagos. I want to hit all the places in the world that humans are ruining. So all my bucket list tops have been Africa. Then I went to the Great Barrier Reef, and now I need to go to the Galapagos before we ruin it even more. Gotcha. And – 
we might know the answer to this already, or it's something with chocolate, but what about your favorite <laughs> and least favorite, then, dessert? Ooh. Well, my least favorite is donuts. I don't like donuts. Um, they, like, leave a weird taste in my mouth for hours afterwards for no reason. Even if I eat, like, one tiny donut hole, like, hours later, I'm like, why? Um, I would say my favorite, that's a really tough one. I definitely like one of those, like, molten lava chocolate cakes where when you put the fork in the middle, it's, like, all oozing out the middle. Mm -hmm. But I also love anything with caramelized banana. You get a good bananas foster, like, flambéed with some ice cream in business, that's delicious. So you've got like a like a cilantro thing, but with donuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't taste like soap or anything. Like it doesn't taste bad when I'm eating it. I'm like, okay, I get why people would like this. But like, there's like a film in my mouth. I think it's because I, I, I don't know. I don't really eat. I eat like French fries every once in a while. But I think it's the combination of the sugar and okay. the fried. Like, okay. I don't that know why, sense. but and then it's not worth it. I don't think they're that delicious anyway when I eat it. That it's not worth all the. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> aftermath. Totally fair. Um, we're gonna. I guess we'll stay on food. Uh, what's your favorite Chicago pizza? Eduardo's deep dish. Okay. Followed by Malnati's, which is a close second, but Eduardo's is still the best. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's end it with uh, what's uh, like your coolest uh, memory or that that's happened since you've had uh, been working in sports. Oh. You know what? I used to have trouble with this one, and I still do because there are many cool ones, but I would definitely say being on top of one of the double-decker buses for the Cubs World Series parade. Um, I mean, I also went to every game of the World Series, so that was pretty awesome. But as far as, like, technically being work, uh, yeah, just being on top of a bus, and um, the buses were stopped uh, on Lakeshore Drive at the end of the parade route to get into Grant Park for the actual rally. And I had ended up on a bus by myself randomly because they mislabeled them and all the players just got them whatever the closest one was. And I actually listened to directions, which was kind of cool because it was me and my center cameraman and one usher. So everyone was like, Spain, why were you on your own bus? But um, Jake Arietta was on the bus behind me and he was like, Spain, do you have any tequila? And I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything, but I have all this beer because all the buses had huge vats of beer, but I was working and there was no one on mine. So I was chucking glass bottles of beer from the top of my bus to him across the way. And, like, it's funny because I told that story the other day on sports or during, a, like, a re rerun of the Game 7. And some guy's like, that was you. I have a video of you. And he sent me this video of me, like, throwing beers over to Marietta on top of the bus. So um, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's yeah. Not too bad. Uh, all right. So that's uh, – that ends the rapid fire get to know you question now a uh, little deep dive into the bears off season which i didn't realize there's there's quite a bit of turnover on this bears team so uh quick start they re-signed Deion bush sherrick mcmanus danny trevathan brent urban deandre houston carson tyler bray isaiah irving brought in uh cornerback Artie burns jimmy graham who everybody on the packers is familiar with uh <laughs> robert quinn nick Foles, ted ginn jr jermaine ifidi barcavius mingo to sean gibson um and then we got kyle long has gone to retirement nick kwiatkowski chase daniel leonard floyd prince mukamara nick williams cornelius lucas haha clinton dix kevin pierre lewis trey burton aaron lynch and taylor gabriel all gone and then we've got, man, this is, uh, yeah, there's quite the list here. And then with the draft, you went, uh, the Bears went Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, um, a bunch of fifth-round picks, and a couple of sevens. So, I mean, a hell of an offseason. I mean, it's yeah. kind of 
nonstop? Was it just nonstop action of like transactions going on back and forth? Yeah, it sure, it sure feels like it. I have to preface this by saying that I do work mostly nationally now. Like I don't um, cover just straight Chicago sure. in the same capacity that I used to. So you know, my insight will not be as uh, in house and and uh, you know up up to every detail as someone who's you know talk about this every day. But yeah, it was. It, and the, the problem is that I think sometimes people com- confuse activity for um, quality. Sure. <laughs> not sure all of the ins and outs and uh, goodbyes and hellos are necessarily going to manifest into um, a better season. I, 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 my other thing I have to preface with is I am an optimistic person to a fault at times, and I rarely predict the Bears will be as bad as they end up being. <laughs> more credit than they deserve. Except, of course, for two years ago when they were great and I was so beaten down by them that I was like, whatever, I'm not getting my hopes up. I, they're going to be bad. I finally was like, they're going to be bad, and then they had a great season. So then last year I was like, you know what, I was too hard on them last year. I feel good about this season. And then they got the game. So I can't be trusted is what I'm saying. <laughs> Completely fair. Uh, what, what was like the one move that you liked the most for them this offseason and then the one you were left kind of dumbfounded by? Well... They're 11 team tight ends. <laughs> I, I might be down to 10 now, but I think they might still be at 11 team. I am dumbfounded. I, I hope one of them can both pass and uh, a catch and block. I doubt it, but uh, <laughs> that would be nice. Even just one of the 11 team. I mean, I feel good about Cole Komet. I, I don't think that's a bad pick. It's just, and I know that you can't necessarily, you know, see the future and know who's going to be available and who's going to be tops on your board. But if you anticipated being able to get a tight end in the draft, why are you why are you spending so much free agency going after them too? Um, man, it's just Jimmy Graham is a giant question mark over my head. Like somebody explained that to me, maybe several years ago. Uh, I, I don't get it at all. The Jimmy Graham thing, I don't get it at all. Adam Shaheen, what the? Um, <laughs> like, there's just there's so many questions at the tight end position, and I hope and I have to assume that they must think that Cole Komet is such a baller that it's worth the embarrassment and the criticism of putting another tight end onto a list that already has eleven teen. <laughs> that, that because I know I know that you know Matt Nagy needs to have the sort of that that position needs to be so powerful and strong in this offense. He needs to find the guy that can make the offense run. And he thought it was going to be Trey Burton coming out of the Eagles. He had been able to play that role. And then Trey had a good season his first year with the bears and then injuries, you know, completely sapped him of anything last year and he just didn't have it anymore. So if you need a Cole commit and he pans out to make the offense run the way you want it to, then great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Somehow, Cole Komet, I'm, co- I'm confident about, and I'm also most dumbfounded by the tight end. So try to figure out that riddle. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of tight ends, I know you talked a little bit about Jimmy Graham and how it was a big question mark for you, but I would just like to hear a little bit of your insight and kind of what your first reaction was when you saw those numbers come in, because I know a lot of Packer fans and our podcast team here was really shocked to see just how high and valued that deal was. And so I would just want to hear a little more from you about that. 
I really can't. I really can't explain it to you. I mean, this is a position that has been a bugaboo for us ever since back in the day when we were like, Greg Olson, we don't get him around. What does he do other than block and catch and provide a big target across the middle? Like, we just have not been able to use that position in a meaningful way. And I think you could look at probably every single story about the most overpaid free agents of the offseason, and Jimmy Graham is going to be on top of them. I, can't, I don't know if I can name a contract that I saw this offseason that I thought was worse than that. He's on the wrong side of 30. He doesn't have the athleticism that used to make him great. You know, his his yards after catch are brutal. Um, I, I think it's just uh, – the problem is if I don't try to play devil's advocate and figure out what they're seeing in him, then I have to just admit that the people running my team are complete and utter morons, which keep trying to prove to me, but I'm trying to keep you – know, I'm trying to keep giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, the last couple seasons, you know, between the Packers and the Seahawks, he hasn't even come close to a thousand yards. His yards per reception are brutal, and he was playing with guys like Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Like, what, what do we expect if it's you know, Mother Nick or I like I like Big Dick Nick. Can I swear? Sorry, I like. <laughs> you kind of already did, but look, that was Big with it. Dick energy. You can go back to that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, it's it's dumbfounding. So actually, so I'm I'm gonna touch on then something that you just brought up as well. We're gonna switch to QBs. I really wanted to work in like a Trey Burtonus QB joke and bring up the 65 percent completion percentage when he was in college on like 12 passes, but I opted against it because I couldn't get the numbers to work. But yeah. big big picture, what are your thoughts on Foles Trubisky? I know they you know they turned down the Trubisky the fifth year option. Foles isn't exactly an elite QB, but he can at least like do some things maybe Trubisky can, cannot. Uh, so just what, like, when they brought him in, do you think that spells the end of the Trubisky era, or is this really a, okay, we've got competition and now prove it, we hope you're still the guy? Um, I'm torn because, like I said, I have that, pes- that, that optimistic thing that runs through me that makes me sad if it becomes clear immediately that Mitch is bad and they traded up for him and there's no hope. There's a part of me that wants to believe that last year they didn't do him any favors in throwing the whole kitchen sink at him week one. Then he had an injury. We didn't talk nearly enough, and I still think people don't talk nearly enough about what effect it has on his game when he isn't mobile. Mm-hmm. And they worried so much about him re-aggravating injuries that they took that part of his game out almost completely. And that was one of the biggest differences between two years ago and last year was his inability to use his legs to create plays. So I want to, part of me wants to believe that with a new offensive coordinator and a better game plan and more patience that maybe he isn't as football savvy as they had hoped, that they can't dump as much on him if they simplify it a little bit more, that he would have more success. But I don't also really want to have to figure that out. Um, You know, I, I, I want Nick Foles to be so good that he comes in and it's like, oh, clearly this is the Nick Foles of Super Bowl MVP. And so we have a real solid, awesome quarterback who it stretches during his career has had the best numbers of any quarterback in the league Mm -hmm. from week whatever on through the playoffs. So I would love for Nick Foles to come in and be spectacular. And, uh, but I also, you know, there's a part of me that as long as Mitch is still 
out there playing well, you could convince yourself that it wasn't the worst tri- the worst draft pick in the history of ever, um, even though we know it is because we're watching Patrick Mahomes. Uh, um, so yeah, I I do think that the, I do think that Nick Foles is going to earn the starting job, and I do think he's going to be the guy. I, I think obviously they declined the option on Trubisky, which was the right move, but they'll have him you know, available to see whether he develops behind Foles or shows more promise this year with a little bit more patience. Is there a, uh, like, who's your player to watch for 2020? Like, the guy that's going to have all of a sudden, he's the name that we're talking about on the Bears. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I would love to see, I mean, I guess we've already been talking about him. I, you know, part of me just really wants Khalil Mack to have another huge year again so it doesn't feel like it was, like, the, uh, let me show the Raiders how stupid they are and, like, oh, now that I have all this money and I've settled in, eh. <laughs> Especially because we added the uh, the other Mac brothers, so two Macs uh, on one squad. I would like to see them like push each other for uh, for dominance. But um, uh, I think Jermaine Effetti. People seem you know pretty pretty confident in him being able to help. I think our offensive line has been so brutal that even though it doesn't get as many looks because it's not a you know fantasy position where you're going to look at the numbers as closely, that can mean the difference between a good team and a bad team. There's certain, I mean. There's teams like the Rams where you look at their Super Bowl year, and I think they didn't have a single switch on their line for that whole season. And then the next year, none of them could stay healthy. Guys could not go back-to-back, week-to-week at the same spot on that line. And so I think um, that's one of the spots on a football team that if you really shore it up, you you make everything easier. Same with, you know, the run game that last year struggled so much. Like, I think if Fedi can provide some structure there um, – I think that'll that'll help a lot, but um, you know Robert Quinn, I, I think was a good was a good uh, upgrade to the pass rush, and, and um, his numbers coming in, if he can sustain them, would be a big help too. What's your early record prediction for the Bears this season? I know there's a lot going on, potential breakout stars like you were just talking about, but I'm I'm curious about that. So do I. Jinx them by saying they're good and that they're terrible, or do I say they're going to suck so that I can look wrong, but then they play well? I'm happy to sacrifice my own credibility if it means that they will be better. So I'm tempted to say they're going to suck and hope that they prove me wrong, as always. Um, I've been reading some stuff from some of the experts that have me very concerned. Uh, people that really think they're going to like suck, suck. Like, not even like last year, eight and eight. <laughs> in the league and I'm like really I don't I don't I still have a lot of faith in Matt Nagy I did not think that last year was the best indication of his talent um but he is still a guy that was coach of the year two years ago I think did a great job and I don't want to believe that it was all Vic Fangio running that defense that meant that the team had the success it did so <laughs> I want to be positive but I'm going to say like like a, like a nine and seven. Wait, how many games do they play now? Seven. <laughs> I can't even keep track. My brain is so broken from the quarantine. I haven't talked about real sports in literally months. <laughs> Yesterday, I was like, I have to remember what teams are in the NBA. Um, I think they're playing seventeen games, assuming that they actually have a season and they play any games, and that they don't just chop off the first three weeks. Um, so I guess that would be. Nine and eight, probably. Maybe maybe ten and seven. 
I think I was thinking this year it was still sixteen. I yeah, think they go to still, it'll be still sixteen game. for this year. I think it's next year that yeah. we start with the seventeenth game. Yeah, um, I really can't remember. But expanded playoffs start this year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we don't know because <laughs> I swore again. I literally have been talking about either coronavirus or civil unrest for like three months at this point. Uh, I can't even remember what the football rules are. Except to say that they moronically never even gave the pass interference rule a chance. They pretended to introduce mm-hmm. it, but never gave it a real shot, and then they came back and said it didn't work. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was fun. Um, so I, I kind of going back a little bit on, on on what Sarah just asked was, so just looking at – they were 12-4 and four in 2018 and 8-8 eight and eight in 2019, the Bears were. By Football Outsiders DVOA, they had the number one defense in the league in 2018 – uh, by a fairly wide margin. And this past year, they were eighth. And the offense the, the offense has some pieces. You know, Allen Robinson is tremendous. I love Tariq Cohen. We talked about the quarterbacks a little bit. But they're not – they don't have, like, elite pieces. They're not an amazing offense. So, realistically, what does that defense have to have to do? Where where do they have to rank for them to make a run at the NFC North again? It, they have to be number one or, like, top three? What do you think? They have to be up there. And the good news is, is I will say, you know, there are the people who are saying the Bears are going to be literally terrible, like worse than, you know, teams like the Dolphins and stuff that are at the very beginning of their uh, rebuild. But um, there are also plenty of people, myself included, that see the pieces of this defense and think it could be at the level of that 2018 squad. Um, I, I really think that they've got, um, you know, former Pro Bowler into Sean Gibson, you know, Jalen Johnson coming in from the second round could be could be a big addition. I think they've got um, you know they they've got the pieces to have it work out well. The problem is when your offense sucks, your defense gets so fatigued that you and also mentally right, not just literally tired, but like how did we just bring <laughs> it out again? Um, so I would like to believe that if you allow for the offense to take a big step forward, which it would need to for this team to be anything worth anything, um, then that will very positively affect the success of the defense as well. I want Khalil Mack to come back and be the guy that he was in in the first year. And, you know, I I want Robert Quinn, who who I I think is coming into this year ranked number one in pass rush win rate, Um, one of the best statistics to try to figure out um, someone's success at the position. I, I think that if you – you don't need to be number one, but you need to be pretty high up there because my expectations for the offense, even if it improves, is not to be, you know, like right up there with the Chiefs. You know what I mean? They're still going to have to – they're still going to have to figure out a lot of problems on that offense. So um, the defense needs to be great. But uh, I think even just minimal improvements in the offense will help out the defense a lot. So you already answered one of my questions, which literally says, why do the Bears have 12 million tight ends? Uh, I think I think we've gone into that enough. Yeah, but, uh, I think the answer is nobody knows. <laughs> uh, the other other thing that kind of popped in my head while I was looking at the, some of the stuff, too, um, is there a reason? It felt like last year they were almost opposed to running the ball a lot. Um, I mean, you've got David Montgomery, who is, who's a really talented back. It just felt like he wasn't getting put in really – good positions to succeed. Did a lot of it have to do, like you said, with the offensive line or um, was that just play calling? Yeah. I mean, I do think that um, 
Jordan Howard was missed and maybe they took for granted his abilities and felt like it was it was something where you could just slot Montgomery in and he would have similar success. It was for me the majority of the issue was the offensive line. Um, Montgomery looked pretty good in a couple games, but if you dig in deeper, they came against really bad or injured defenses. Right? It was like against like the Chargers and the Lions, um, and it, there was no trust in him or the run game when they played against really good teams. Um, I think his talent is there. I think the offensive line made it impossible to establish. And then because also you couldn't really use uh, Mitch's legs and he was terrible at, you know, at, at getting defenses to buy anything other than the first option. They immediately <laughs> knew what they were doing on every play, uh, which made it a lot harder um, to establish any RPOs or, or, or do any trickery. So, um, yeah, I don't think they've been very efficient over the course of the last couple of years. Um, and I think of the offensive line is, is a big issue. There's a really interesting uh, story I read online about how the Bears, um, if the new playoff system was adopted much earlier, that they would have made the playoffs twice um, if the new format was in place. So do you think moving forward with this new expanded playoff that that might change the way that the Bears build in the future, whether that's their draft or in their offseason, they maybe won't have as many transactions as we saw this year? I would like to think that that's not the case. I would like to think that they would say the emptiness of being added to the playoffs doesn't mean that we're actually any better as a team. Mm-hmm. We've still finished in the same spot and with the same record. We just get the opportunity to get beat and bounced in the first round. Now, I'm not saying that they always will, and I do think that the expanded playoffs will allow for the possibility of a team that's hot later in the in the season. There are opportunities, and specifically in seasons like maybe this one, there might be teams that are slower to show themselves, and so we might see some lower seeds have success. But I don't think a team should build any differently based on that because you're still – sitting in the same spot in comparison to the other teams. Mm-hmm. And do you think, uh, just based on everything that we've talked about, that the 2021 Chicago Bears starting quarterback is on the roster right now? Ooh. Again, here comes that optimism. <laughs> like flying in with no basis whatsoever. <laughs> um, no reason to be optimistic. But, I mean, I would really like for – Nick Foles to be great and for him to be, you know, he and Cole Komet to like live up to Matt Nagy's great offensive mind and, uh, you know, we get back to the trickery where we've got offensive linemen catching touchdown passes and stuff. Um, some of the fun stuff that we used to be excited about. Um, yeah, because I don't think they're going to be shitty enough to be, you know, able to go out and draft Trevor Lawrence or something, right? I don't think that they're that bad of a team. I would like to think that they'll be at least, you know, kind of in the mix. So, yeah, I think I think they're starting quarterbacks on the roster right now. All right. Um, I think that has kind of covered everything that we had. Uh, maybe the last question, when the, with the Bears going 9-7, and seven, what is their record against the Packers? Because everybody who's listening is the Packers fan, so okay. I'm sure they want to know. They're still listening, despite yeah. listening to this whole conversation all about the Bears. Well, we have nothing else going on football. But also because you know you're superior and that the conversation will be mostly about the dumb stuff that the Bears have done. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't hurt. I do enjoy it. I do enjoy (laughs) it. How embarrassing is it that Aaron Rodgers is my favorite player? 
and I'm a Bulls fan. That is not made up. That is 100% true. That's so sad. Um, I think the Bears, um, you know, the Bears tend to squeak out a win against the Packers once a year. Usually it's like Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in the first quarter or something, and then they beat them with the backup. But um, I think they're playing week 12 and week 17. Yeah, I think the Packers are a really interesting squad this year because you could be very optimistic about last year's success despite a new coach and everything else and think that they're going to be great. Or you could just buy into all the drama just imploding everything and Rodgers taking a massive step back because of age and injury. I mean, there's there's that is a team that will be very interesting to watch. Um, but, no, I think they'll probably beat the brakes off the Bears both times. <laughs> <laughs> my optimism coming back in. <laughs> I, I made a rule that I was not going to pick against Aaron Rodgers or LeBron James in the play playoffs until they proved me otherwise. Because every time I'd be like, I think the Bears got him this time. Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary on one broken leg and like ruined our year. So I, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and presume that the Packers are still, still our daddy. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that, that kind of wraps everything up. What we normally like to do is just offer everybody up the last uh, last rock, like closing thoughts of Dusty writes lots of articles about uh, the Packers and things like that. So if you have anything you want to, you know, promote, talk about, uh, send people to, that would be cool. Well, let's see. I have my podcast, That's What She Said, with Sarah Spain. There's a new one out every Tuesday. Um, I've had some really good people, interest, uh, interesting people lately. I just had the uh, head of African American studies at Princeton to talk about what's going on now. And then, uh, actor David Pally, who's on like Happy Endings and Mindy Project, a bunch of stuff. Um, Heidi Gardner from SNL is coming up next week, I think. So lots of good stuff. And then, yeah, Spain and Company is my national radio show. It's on ESPN radio every night, weeknight from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, around the horn a couple times a week. Um, highly questionable, ESPNW, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm flooding the marketplace. You can't get away. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Dusty, what do you got for us? Uh, so, today I'm going through the 2019 season. So, today I have, I'm up to the divisional round. Up to the divisional round. So, uh, passing concepts and whatnot from the Packers win over the Seahawks. Uh, we have on Cheesehead today. I'm really not looking forward to next week where I close it out against the Niners. Uh, but hey, <laughs> Today, today's a good day. Today's a good day. So go to Cheesehead at like noon for that, I guess. Keller, you got anything? No, I don't. Just thank you to Sarah for joining mm-hmm. us. This was really fun, and it was awesome to hear your perspective about all things Chicago, all things food, and um, and everything like that. So thank you again. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, I'll come back on sometime closer to the season, and I'll know how many games they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have confirmed it is 16 for this wow, year. Wow, okay, good to know. I'll take that information going forward. My job as someone who talks about food. <laughs> well, it was much appreciated. Uh, I appreciate you not uh, going into telling anybody about the time that, you know, Waddle walked in on me in the bathroom while I was interning down there. Uh, <laughs> that was a good story, but, you know, for another day. <laughs> uh, so, again, thank you. Catch Sarah uh, on Twitter, as always, at Sarah Spain. At Steve Perrett, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelher for and for the the podcast at Packaday Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for for listening. As always, um, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, be kind to people, and as always, go pack, go. Boo. <laughs>
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.